the husband of the wife whose party was being thrown saw me try to take a bag of cookies, again, one of the 175 bags that were left, so I wasn't taking the last one. Anyway, um, he saw me take the bag of cookies, got up real close, and was like, what is my wife's name? Let's go. Welcome back, everyone, to Razzed. I am here and not alone. I have another person aboard with us today. Alyssa's here. Yay, happy to be here. Awesome. So, oh, my God, we literally had to redo this right now because there was just, like, so much noise. And I was like, we need to take a pause. But it was like... It was like I had to do it or else it was going to like bother me. I'm like, I don't want to edit out that noise. So I was like, let's just start. We were just like 30 seconds in. So I was like, it's still good. We're still good. We're good. Everything's fine. Except for 2020 being a total dumpster fire. Oh, and we're recording. Let me tell on, you how. Yeah. Freaking. Gotta tell the listeners. Oh, so Alyssa and I have known each other for a while. And the one thing I know about okay. Alyssa is that she is the lar- the biggest RBG fan I've ever met in my life. She was literally RBG yes. for Halloween a couple years ago. And anything RBG related, I'll send to her. Like, we, we I just automatically know RBG, send it to Alyssa. <sighs> Unfortunately, yes. about 20 minutes ago, we got the very upsetting news that our um, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has Please. passed away. So um, it's just crazy because of all days, it was the day we were recording this podcast. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. And I've never, this is very random, but I've never like cried over someone I never knew who passed away. And today was the day I definitely cried for her. But um, I was reading, you know, all the tributes pouring into her. And one of the things she always urged people was just never to give up and to keep fighting, whether your fight is loud or quiet or big or small. And so that's just what we have to do within our own lives. So I am very sad. And this year has just been the worst, I'm sure, as everyone can feel. But I think we just have to keep going and keep fighting and just do her proud. So I'm so happy to be here. But yep, listeners, this was a weird day. But I'm happy to be here with my lovely friend, Raz, who we have known each other for a very long time. It's weird because, like, we've known each other. Well, like, as like of all my friends, you're kind of on the... We've only not known each other that long, but I feel like in the time... Mm-hmm. We've, I don't know. It's It sounds cliche, like, we've only known each other for a little bit. Or I know, like, feel like we've known each other forever. But it's true because you and I have been through, like, so many, like, just crazy things in the past couple of years. And, like we were there for each other's like big like life adulting moments mm-hmm. so i feel like that just like adds like an extra 15 20 years so hey who cares you it know it totally does it totally does and we have a lot of the same interests we have a lot of the same viewpoints and that just will solidify anyone but i think we also just our lives are on the same page a lot and like you said that'll just it's like glue you'll just stick with someone And no matter how far away we are from each other, we always pick right back up where we left off. And I really love that about our relationship. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so like I like you've noticed, we're doing another remote interview. Um, Alyssa is not with us here in the valley. She's actually all the way <laughs> on the East Coast. Uh, neighbors with mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren, I've heard back in Massachusetts. <laughs> Lizzie, so oh, yeah. 
Lizzie's in Cambridge. I'm currently in Dorchester near South Boston or Southie, as we like to affectionately call it. If you've ever seen The Departed or Goodwill Hunting, that's where I'm at. It's a great place, lovely area, um, very much different than the valley. I have to say I do miss all of my valley friends and family. I recently, as we all have been nesting with quarantine, I recently put up this kind of like picture hanger and I've filled it with at least 20 photos of my friends and family back home because I've just been missing you all and with the fires and COVID, it just makes things more intense. And so my homesickness definitely has been a little more intense recently, which is why I'm super excited to be talking to you. But Lizzie is just down the way. I'm trying to track her down to get her on this podcast. So I will let you know when I find her and get her on. Alyssa told me she was going to go to her house and stand out with a sign that said, uh, what was it? Like, Lizzie, do you want to get razzed or something like that? That's exactly what it was, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Alyssa and I have, like, we have so many different, like, like connections. Like you said, it's, like, um, similarities. But, like, one thing about us is, like, the way we talk politics. We don't talk politics yeah. like other people. Like, I'm a big political junkie, as many people know. And so is Alyssa. But the way we talk about it, we talk about it like these candidates are, like, our friends. Like, we'll be like, hey, exactly. how's Pete doing? Or, like, did you talk to Lizzie recently? Like, we just, like, we know so, like, we, like, em not embrace, but, like, you use their personalities that we think of them as like people every day. I don't know. It's a very funny thing. Like it's so funny. Yes. I remember when Pete uh, Buttigieg got his haircut. I was <sighs> like, did you see Pete? He got his haircut. And it's like, we're talking about him as if he's like our neighbor down the street. And it's just like the funniest thing ever. And you know what I really like about our, our politics discussion is like, if you don't like someone, like, you're never going to shame me for liking them. Mm -hmm. I just feel like a lot of times right now, like, if, if someone even, like, likes something that somebody says and someone disagrees with them, it's like they just condemn their whole viewpoint. And so what I really love about our discussions is even if I'm not super into whoever you're talking about, I'm not going to, like, just totally just disparage you about your comments, which I think is really hard to find. So, like, I love talking politics about like, with you, I love it how we are so nonchalant with the candidates, especially when there was 20 of them. Oh, oh my, my God. Like, we would have those post-debate chats. Oh, like, my th God. That was, yes. like, our fantasy football. We would be, like, going through yes. our, like, people and just looking at <laughs> And it's, like, we are, like, and we are just, like, into it with, like, every candidate, every party. There's, like, something we about are. some. Like, we have everything in line. Like, when, like, um the memes come out, like, we get, we get yes. memes from all sides we don't discriminate any memes so like it's just Remember so Andrew crazy Yang? no tie gate that was amazing oh my gosh <laughs> and it's just beto. weird beto you know, tulsi do you remember when tulsi got kind of weird that was amazing oh my goodness it was insane and it's just so funny because like we could and you and i are very similar to where i think we have people in our lives that are on both sides of the aisle and like we yeah. don't like we're very like open to listen like like maybe we don't agree with them but we like we're like i get why you're saying that because i get where you're coming from kind of stuff you know and i feel like that's really like i don't know it's like a thing that like many people and of, of course it's like 
it's like you can always draw a line there's always a drawing the line where like okay like i can disagree on you on this but then there's certain things where i don't disagree like this this is like a you know this is like flat out racist or this is flat out you know like very discriminatory exactly. but there's other thing it's like other things it's like you know that's not like a make it or break it thing like someone i saw a meme it's like yeah we can agree to disagree on like certain things but not like racism and stuff and i was like that's so true exactly. which like i bet it's still even for that it's like really hard for people to have a conversation about it and even us, even though we're so similar, we're so different, our backgrounds are different that like, mm -hmm. we just have this like, I don't know, this energy where like, you know, like we are open to listening. And like, I feel like with you exactly. as well, it's like, you just have to like, listen. Sometimes you're just listening, but you're gonna throw it all in the trash, but at least like you listen, exactly. you know? Exactly. No, I love just the just listening aspect. And then again, going back to your comment about like, we can't, we can't even have a conversation. Like we can't even have a conversation, but then if, for some people, if they don't like what they're saying, we'll never have a good conversation with them ever again because of that one conversation. And it's just, I wish we were, we would be more almost like forgetful with each other. If like, if you will, like we would just kind of forgive and forget about our differences that are again, not anything super huge. Let's not, let's not like take a path, you know, racism or mm -hmm. being toxic or anything like that. But, um, I do just wish that we would kind of give each other breathing room to have differences. But um, that's just uh, that's just life for you right now. So, yes, I really appreciate how we can just talk about politics and not totally hate each other by the end of our coffee. I know. I look forward to them when we were here in front. Remember, we would go to Mad Duck, like a post debate, and we would Yay. put it all out on the table. And remember, like people were, like sitting next to us would be, we're like, you guys are interesting. Like, what's going on over here? Yes. Uh, so, listeners, there was we were at dinner one time, and we were having a fantastic time, per usual. Mm -hmm. And Raz and I were both very animated. We were calm majors. We're very oh yeah, we're calm majors and, and awesome. former orientation leaders. So the amount of exactly. energy is like overflowing at this dinner table. It's just it's a cup overflow with energy. So like we were just talking and just you know getting on about everything in the political sphere. And, like, these two, like, older ladies who were just, like, having a good time with their salads, like, looked over at us, and were like, they were like, what are you guys discussing? We were just getting into it, but in the most positive way. And they were like, can we can we be part of this discussion? And it was just, it was very, very awesome. Was I was hilarious. like, Alyssa, we just saw a mirror of us in 40 years. Yes, I know. I'm missing Mad Duck for sure. Well, we can get yeah. started with, um, before we jump into it, how the heck do we know each other? Because the way we met is actually, I think it's funny because it's, we are part of a elite group of people at Fresno State that have a, have a connection that not many people can say they have of the, the 5am mornings and the late nights oh. and the sunburns and the farmer tans. The sweaty, sweaty khaki shorts. The yes. horrible polyester t-shirts, I mean, oh, polos. We are, you are, you are listening to two survivors of university orientation right here. Two orientation leaders um, 
so we met what was it like 2015 2016 that year um yeah exactly uh so we met at orientation for orientation leaders and I, I remember the first time I met you, I didn't even, um, I was, cause you know, the, where we had our meetings, they're in the USU. So the tables were all in front of yeah. each other. They weren't in a circle. So like you were in like pews and like, so I would not see the people mm-hmm. behind me, but I could hear them talking and I'm dead serious. You, we all had to like the first couple of trainings, we had to like stand up, say our major and all that stuff. Um, and I remember this girl gets up and her voice, I was like, calm major. And I turned around and you were like, hi, I'm Melissa. I'm a comm major. I was like, I knew it. Calm people. It's calm, MCJ, and theater. We all have that voice. You're like, I knew you from the moment I met you. Literally. So that's what I remember. And then ever since that, I don't know how we started. Oh, you know what? Because since we're similar majors, we were had the same like tour groups a lot. So I think that's just how we kind of just got connected in a way, I think. We did, and I just remember, I, I do remember that we were kind of kind of, you know, staggered for the first few meetings, and it was kind of awkward talking to people, but I just remember whenever we were in, like, the same group, we just, like, jived and clicked, and everything I said you understood, and everything you said I understood, and we just had, like, the most awesome, like, friend chemistry ever, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking, like, God damn, this guy is interesting as heck, and I just, like wanted to just like sit next to you and talk about every single thing under the sun because I knew it would be interesting and like a really good conversation so I totally like remember that and I, I gotta say you were pretty positive I'm pretty positive and I definitely think that we would help people on those 6 a.m. mornings which yes listeners we had to be at school I would say probably about 5.45 well, if you weren't there at 5.45 you're late like they were very big on punctuality yes if you were late, you were in the doghouse, for lack of a better term, and you were not anybody's favorite that day. So we definitely had to be there very early. It was every single long day in your brain you've ever had, uh, times five, plus helping students and their frustrated parents while it's 100 degrees outside and all you want to do is sit down and eat candy. But um, it was <laughs> great. We, we were really awesome. Raz and I had a really great time helping students. It's something I think we both really enjoy even to this day. Mm-hmm. And then we came back as returners the next year as well. As they we did not know what they got themselves into rehiring us. I know. And I was like, oh, my God, we made it. And I was so excited. But we were one of, like, what, three or four returners? It was, like, a team of four returners and then, like, ten like newbies. So we had our work cut out for us with these new with these newbies. But they were all really wonderful and amazing mm-hmm. and Fresno State has a really, really great way of choosing amazing people for that job and they did not disappoint. And I just remember that was our senior year. Mm-hmm. And we were we were both going through a lot of things. Yeah. You were actually one of the first people I told that I had gotten my job with Amazon and I was so scared to leave Fresno. I think I cried in front of you for the first time ever. We, you, we cried. You cried to me we stressed cried. in a dorm I room. Cried. 
at Fresno State yeah. at like one in the morning because we you had to stay overnight for some of the days yeah. at orientation. And I remember we it's like we put all the kids to bed and now the parents get to talk. And we were not even in a dorm. We're in like some storage room. And you're like, yeah. dude, like the Amazon thing, because Alyssa's one year older than me. So she went through all the senior mm-hmm. scaries. And like this was yeah. her summer of like, I need to be an adult while well, I'm like on the cusp of starting senior year. So I was like living through you, like preparing myself mm-hmm. for the train wreck that is the oh, second yeah. you walk off that stage at the Save Mart Center. And so I just remember yeah. like that was when things started to change for us. We're like, dude, like we're no longer like orientation leaders anymore. We're like getting grown. And yeah, so exactly. you ended up taking a, a, what's it called? An adventure, your first big adventure I down did. to SB, yes. Santa Barbara, the shores. Mm-hmm. And so kind down of just like how Barbara. was you know like just that was your first experience of moving out getting your first big girl job like just like what would like what would you say like to people like you know that are going to be in that position just like what was there to expect like maybe what were some things that you didn't expect to happen that happened that like if you had to redo it you're like oh I would have that like prep definitely you know what if I had to redo it I, I actually don't believe in any regrets. I think every single decision that has happened to us and everything that we've decided has brought us to the point where we are now. However, I will say that if you are not meant to be somewhere, I think that you will know your heart very quickly. Mm-hmm. I think actually we as people and humans really know when something isn't right for us, whether that is a job or a lover or like you know someone like a friend like if we don't know them i think we know but we try to try to deny uh it no matter what the circumstances are like i had a lovely time in santa barbara it's obviously santa barbara so it's beautiful however it just never really fit me you know i i've always wanted to live in a big city i've wanted to have opportunity kind of coming out from every sort of way I would look in my hometown or excuse me like in my in in the place I lived and that just really wasn't where I was at and like the people there were beautiful but they were also just very shallow there wasn't any community I didn't have a just support group like I did in Fresno when I first time living alone and living out in the world and it was also so expensive I was so poor that I would actually and I am released from my NDA from my office so I can say this I actually was so poor that I would take snacks from my office to eat on the weekends when I would get snacky because I didn't have a whole lot of money because my rent was so expensive and I'm sorry listeners who are still in college you are not going to make a whole lot of money on your first job out of college I'm going to break it to you right now you're going to be on a tight, tight budget. And that's okay because you're paying your dues and you're learning how to budget. And that's what I did in Santa Barbara. But money was tight and I did meet some lovely, wonderful people who I still am really good friends with today and who I will go visit when I get home. But I mean, it just never really was my place. And I know that sounds very privileged because I was in a gorgeous, gorgeous area, which yes, it was beautiful, but it just wasn't where I was meant to be. So... It was a great experience because I learned a lot about myself, but it really wasn't what I, where I needed to be. And I found and I felt that pretty quickly, honestly. It was pretty instantaneous when I got settled. Mm. And so, like, when would you say, because you ended up, like, um, 
making a decision to leave. But like, how did you decipher it from being, you know, this is truly what my heart wants me to do versus mm-hmm. I think I have cold feet about this big decision. Definitely. So I remember I was coming up on my one year with Amazon and I just remember um, I was with a boss and she was like, did great, like, great job. They get to one year. And she had like this comment of like, you'll go to sleep tonight and open your eyes and you'll be here and like you'll and and, and it'll be your two years before you know it and like that comment just kind of set you know settled with me and I was like man do I really want to spend another year here you know I'm not really making good enough money to have any solid savings for a house down the line or you know an adult life I have lovely amazing friends but they also don't want to stay here forever so why should I keep myself here for my friends mm-hmm. and do I really want to just be at this place where I'm not happy like we're not completely happy and I just it like it was just my time like I put in my year I tried really hard I'm a really social person as you can probably tell like I tried everything I tried to date I tried to meet people I tried to get into clubs I tried it all just didn't just didn't work with me and that's okay and just after I was there for a year and had grown a lot I was just like you know what this is this is it for me and then I actually had a really good friend in college he was aware that I was kind of outgrowing where I was and just needed needed a change he called me and he was in Sacramento and he was actually working with this really good friend he knew who was a farmer and I'm not going to say too much about the mm-hmm. yeah. situation just because I want to protect the people involved, but um, there was a possibility of a congressional run. And as we've already touched on, listeners, I love politics, and he was recruiting me for the uh, the congressional staff, and I, of course, me being me, jumped at, jumped at it because, one, I already wanted to change, two, politics. Sacramento, a bigger city with someone who I knew and I just wanted something more. So I literally uh, put in my two weeks notice. I sold a bunch of my furniture. I packed everything up and I went to Sacramento. But unfortunately, as we can all see in 2020, uh, things don't normally work out the way you want them to. And after about three or four months, um, the candidate pulled out. It just wasn't meant for him, which at the time was incredibly frustrating. And I was really, really just kind of distraught with my life. And I packed up my Honda CRV again and went back home to Fresno. I felt like my tail was between my legs a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I definitely was disheartened at this because, you know, I tried something. I I took a risk. It didn't pay off. And so I was back in Fresno and I immediately called you up. And I think we went out to Mad Duck or wherever we would go, the elbow room or what was that? Starving artist. We went uh, in the garden. Um, Shout out to all the Valley restaurants that had to hear our problems. Yes. And so I just immediately remember like talking to you about this and being like, man, like, at this point, I was a year and a half post-grad. Everybody on Instagram was either getting married or buying a house. Oh, or my a gosh. Baby. That was just the and worst they, time. They still are. Yes, it was. They still are, first of all. Like, people will not stop procreating. I don't know what's going on. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just won't. 
stop. And I'm like, good for you, but chill, please, just chill. But, um, uh, and so I just was really feeling inadequate, and I was just feeling like I kind of failed, if I can be totally honest. Well, I wanted to take a pause really quick, because, like, you know, you came back, and you were very, like, discreet about, like, you didn't, like, make a big thing about, I'm back, everyone, you know? It's like, because, of course, like, it's a, like you said, it was a little embarrassing, you didn't like, you didn't feel, but, like, you know, when you got that, like, the memo of, like, you know, like, it's not happening here in Sacramento, did you have, like, because I'm sure, obviously, it sucked, but, like, were you, like, did you ever feel like, oh, I sh-, like I made a mistake leaving Santa Barbara? Or were you still, like, you know what? At least I'm not in Santa Barbara. Like, how you know, because you were, like, you changed yeah. your whole life in a couple of months for this opportunity, and then it doesn't phase out. Like, what kind of goes through, what was going through your mind at that time? That's a really good question. Actually, my parents asked me the exact same thing as soon as I got home, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't regret it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucked. It, like, it was really hard. I don't think I've cried that hard ever. Um, it was hard. But I would not be where I am physically, like, right now if I, if that was not for that opportunity in Sacramento. And at the same time, I think about this, actually. If I stayed in Santa Barbara, I would have been in the same rundown apartment with the same people and I would be going to the same bar that is the only bar I liked there because there was like three bars, that's it. Mm. I would be going to the same bar, ordering the same drinks, making the same amount of money, for lack of a better word, sorry, listeners for cussing, but like (laughs) I would be making the same amount of money with the same amount of high rent in my same car and probably dating the same uh, gross frat boys who just graduated from UCSD and who can't afford to buy me a steak. So, like, I mean, I <laughs> I know that sounds harsh, but I, I, I think about it, and I probably would have been doing the exact same thing just for another year, and I know I would have just been, I would have lost a whole other year of trying to be fulfilled because mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to find my passion and find my, just my, my forever kind of career and my forever just journey if you will so I would have lost a year to that fight and to that journey if I never tried so yes it sucked but I don't regret it and Mm -hmm. it made me who I am now you know I'm not like before that happened I was very I was I was a pushover I really was I was like okay yeah sounds great I'll trust you now I demand to see everything I am very much in control of my finances and like like for example I know like my insurance claims like I know all of my policy numbers like I know my legal stuff for my job in and out two ways forward and backward because now I'm in control of my life and I'm not going to have anyone else be in control of it ever again so again it sucked but like I, I don't regret it at all and I, I'm really happy you said like the thing about <clears throat> not looking back and like taking it as a regret because a lot of times I always tell people if you know you made the right decision it's because you're not going to look behind you and be like oh well they're still over yeah. there you know and it was really strange exactly. because when you came back was right after I graduated and as the listeners know I turned down my dream job back last August and we were both like that fall fall 2019 we like that's why 2020 didn't hit as hard for us I think well I mean it's been hit it's been hard but 
we got a like a an appetizer with fall 2019. We did. Because, <laughs> because we were literally both like so confused because we were like we freaking got our degrees. We both yeah. like turned down or got let go from our so-called dream jobs. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. nothing. We were literally both stuck at home. Well, like our yep. biggest highlight of the day was to go to Mad Duck once a week and talk about the debates or CNN. It really was. And like it was like, just really weird, yeah. but it was funny. Not like, it was funny. It was funny. Now we could kind of laugh at it now because we're both kind of we're now. not it's all the way there now. yet, but we're up. You were climbing up the stairs, and it yes. was just interesting because we, you know, we always connected from our similarities. But this was the mm-hmm. first time where we were in a very similar situation that wasn't a good similarity. Like, we're similar because we're outgoing. We're similar because we talk a lot. But we're also, we got to that point where we're similar because we're freaking yeah. going through the, one of the worst things that has ever happened to us. And, and you know, I don't, and then me, people might think that sounds privileged or whatnot, but like, also, it is very tough on mentally because, you know, your kind of society expects you to have all of this together the second you have your mm-hmm. diploma in your hand. And we both had the opportunity of like, we kind of took a little risk, which I think it's really good okay. that we took it so early because there's some people that are the yes man and everything. And then they hit like 35 and they're like, I've been at the same job since graduation. Nothing's really changed. That is why people have midlife crisis is because they settle and they get complacent and they don't take risk. And then all of a sudden you go to sleep and you wake up and you're 38 and you have, yeah, you might have a house and kids and a wife and that is beautiful. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But, like, if that's not really, A, what you want, or B, if you wanted something else and that dream is starting to boil up upon the, upon the surface, that's where you get these people leaving their jobs, leaving their kids, leaving their wives and husbands. Like, th- th- this is where those massive midlife crises come from, are these dreams that are deferred. You know, there's a beautiful poem by uh, Langston Hughes, and he talks about a dream deferred, and I think... That poem means a lot of things, but I think it could also mean just, like, deferring being, like, a risk taker, you know? If you mm-hmm. want to take a risk, but you never do, that urge to change your life or do something that you've never done before, it's always going to be there. And if you don't take it, it's just going to sit and fester and just grow and grow and grow until you can't ignore it anymore, and you're just going to take a risk no matter what. So I really agree with you that I think we did both take really good risks and yeah, they didn't work out. But at the same time, it was almost like that was meant to happen because we were both there for each other. Like I, yes, I was very discreet when I came home. I was, you know, I, I'm very hard on myself and mm-hmm. me coming back unemployed after a year and a half of being, you know, pretty much on top of the world in my mind, that was really hard. But, um, I just remember feeling almost at home with talking about all this stuff with you because, like, you were probably my only friend who could really relate. Like, I would tell some friends about it, and they would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Have you checked LinkedIn? And I'm like, of course. <laughs> Literally, they're like, have you, have you updated Indeed? Up have you seen LinkedIn. the jobs? Like, I'm like, yes. if there was something, I would have applied by now. And it was funny that you bring that up because we were both like so over. I remember we both were like, we don't want to go on social media anymore because honestly, you were Uh one of the most relatable people to talk to because everyone else either went down the path that I just turned around from 
or was getting engaged or having a baby or like getting their master's or working got into a phd program and i'm just like whoa like look at us like we are like on pause but you know what like even now like you and i were both like in very different head spaces and well they'll they'll kind of know after at the end of the episode where we're at but like It's interesting because I feel like that, if anything, made us stronger, that patch of very, like, confusion and um, because and then I remember, like, we were both saying, like, you know, like, we just have to have that hope and we're going to look at this time and it's just going to be just a very, like, almost like a renaissance for us because I, for sure, since that fall 19, have changed my outlook on a lot of things in life because I realized that we actually have a lot of control over our future than we think we do because i think especially in our mid-20s we have this thing of following the cookie cutter path when no one ever said you have to do this after graduation no one ever said you have to take this route but we're just kind of wired in it and i think and it's really hard because i was that person especially when i graduated from college i thought i was going to do the cookie cutter path that our advisors and our professors told us to do and it was just not for me and it was very scary to consider not doing the same thing as everyone else yeah i totally get that and i was actually thinking about this today and you know in all these movies and netflix shows and other podcasts and youtube series all we see are people's linear lives you Mm -hmm. know oh girl goes to college girl has a great time in college girl has a great time after college oh what is a girl going to do with her life now i don't know like we don't we don't see that all we see is girl goes to college girl gets job girl falls in love girl gets married, girl has baby, girl by house, and then girl dies. Like, that is what, <laughs> that is what we see, and... Every I, Hallmark I movie ever. Good. Yes. First of all, side note, Hallmark movies are amazing. I actually binged them pretty hard, but I was depressed and unemployed, and they really helped. Uh, there's Meghan Markle in one of them, and hers is really good. I'm just going to put that out there. See, this First, is where we can disagree, because if you watch Hallmark it's movies, amazing. don't talk to me, because I think Hallmark movies make everyone's like emotions a hundred times worse, because it's like, damn, I can't have that. And we're like, and you were watching it at the most vulnerable time. I'm, I applaud you for watching Hallmark movies at I that know. time. Oh my god, you're hilarious. Well, I gotta say, Megan Markle is the least cringy. She's actually, I think she's a good actress in them. I actually enjoyed her. Um, I just love her and everything she does. She could stand in front of a pile of dirt, and I would be like, oh, I need that dirt. So, like, just, just a. <laughs> You know, PSA to everyone that I am biased against Meghan Markle because I love her so much. Anyway, um, what I really wish we focused on is, like, nonlinear zigzag life, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we always focus on linear lives, and that's great, and linear lives are beautiful and awesome, and if you have a linear life, I'm really happy for you, and I want you to be happy, but a lot of us don't have linear lives, and I think that would have made, you know, those four months of my life when I was home and unemployed... Um, were really dark and they were really hard and I'm not ashamed to admit this but there were some days where literally my dog got me out of bed because she needed to be taken on a walk and that was all I would do for the day because I literally could not do anything else because it was such a hard time mm-hmm. but um, I am really happy that I could have you as a friend to lean on but I also think that now we're kind of out of that phase 
Mm-hmm. We're looking around and we're like, why isn't there more information or just more visibility for these for people who take you know a different path or people who go off the beaten path for mm-hmm. their lives? And I really try to. You know, if I'm meeting someone new and they're kind of in the same spot I was, I really try to give them support and encouragement. Like, you know, it's just your journey. It's it's not cookie cutter. Like, I, I, I met a gal recently who came to America. She was from Puerto Rico. She came to America um, for school, and then she graduated, and then she met a boy, and then her and the boy uh, moved to Boston, and then they got engaged, and then they broke up. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, a lot of trauma there and must have been really hard. But then she realized that she liked where she was and she was happy. So, being the queen she was, she enrolled in a PhD program and is now, like, living in South Bean, having a fantastic time. And because she didn't have the linear life she thought she was going to have, she used that moment of vulnerability and questioning everything to just really put it all on the table. Mm-hmm. And now she is kicking ass and going to be a doctor and is just a fantastic person. And I really applauded her for that. And she kind of looked at me in a way that I like remember looking at people when they said everything was going to be okay, you're on the right path when I was um, unemployed in Fresno. So I also think we need to support others who don't have a very conventional life or, or, or a conventional journey. And I think we just have to keep our minds open to everyone. But, um, yeah, you were the only one I could talk to about that. And I also wanted to quit Instagram because I hated it. And even now, Instagram, not my greatest friend, but um, we're getting better about it. Yeah. One thing I do remember, because you're, you're talking about like no, a nonlinear path. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but um, your grad party, you gave a speech. Yes. That that speech has to be archived um, in the Hall of Fame because you talked about um, uh, how, like, for the past, what, 22 years of your life, um, th- and this okay. is, like, verbatim what Alyssa said, so you're getting, like, a good, like, this speech should have been sh- studied in comm classes. This is how good it was. Um, she talked about, oh, like, um, what's it called? Not using a compass. Yes. I think that's what I said. Like a GPS or something, and... I and then at the time you know I was not graduated yet and I was like oh my god like is it that crazy but it makes sense like being on the other end now like for 20 something years of our life we were kind of like set to do whatever we wanted Um, not whatever we wanted like we were set to do what like was like we already knew what was the next step and the part where like you get the degree and then it's now your turn like no one tells you you have to get the job that every other graduate of that degree is going to get and just like no one tells you you have to move to this place to do the same thing and and like it's like if that doesn't interest you by all means like you can go and mm-hmm. do something else and it's crazy cuz it, i think that foreshadows to you when we came back in the fall like you were just your your GPS like it just didn't have a new location in it and you kind of 100%. use this you use that time of like okay let's start typing in some new locations oh it's not going to take me there oh it's not going to but then like always like there's always one that ends up sticking you know and I think that sometimes yeah. when your GPS doesn't work you shouldn't just sit there and be so um, upset about it like use that time to type in different addresses because you never know which one is going to stick with you and I think you and I were both at the part where like we were both like, un- 
even though we were so sad of like not knowing what we were doing, we were getting very excited about learning new things. Like we were considering different opportunities and we were getting excited about that. And they were, for me at least, they weren't opportunities that I would have thought about a year prior. Exactly. Exactly. And going back to what you said, like, did, did you regret, like, you know, pretty much picking up my whole life and moving? Um, I did it because it actually gave me sort of the push to try to pursue things bigger than what I thought of before. Um, before I moved to Boston, I was very, uh, and a lot of people don't know this, um, I was very close to moving to D.C. I was really in the running for this job with my dream employer and they needed somebody there basically tomorrow so unfortunately as you probably all know I'm not in DC I didn't get it but I was one step away from getting it mm-hmm. but I would have never tried that hard for something I didn't think I would ever get and I would also never try to go that far unless I kind of had to put it all on, all on the line and if we're going to talk about failure failures really well quote-unquote failures I don't even think we can call trying our best to not getting it a failure but if we can talk about things not ending the way we thought I think it's actually a blessing to have your plans change in a certain way because it gives you ammunition to then go the extra mile I would have never thought I would have boarded a plane with two suitcases and no return ticket but that is what I did. So uh, I, I'm sure Raz wants to talk about this. But after a while of me being just home and really trying to figure out where I was going, and after really, really putting it all on the line for some jobs in D.C., which unfortunately I did not get, obviously, mm-hmm. I made the decision to accept an invitation from a good high school friend who lived out in Boston. Um, she was getting a new apartment. She needed a roommate who was reliable and steady, which I am definitely a reliable and steady person. And um, she was like, you want to start your life out somewhere new? I recommend Boston. And literally two weeks, everyone, February 28th, I flew out. I will remember that day forever. Mm-hmm. I packed two suitcases with only the things that I loved, the only clothes that I loved. I went to REI and bought actually like an actual coat, like not coats that we wear in Fresno, but an actual coat with feathers in it because it's damn cold over here. But packed that up, um, flew out to Boston, and I've been here ever since. Was it easy? No. I went through the pandemic alone. Um, I definitely saw the empty shelves and the lines at the testing center firsthand. I was, uh, I definitely grew up a little bit more um, in those first few weeks of the pandemic because, as we all know, the East Coast was hit pretty hard and Boston was no exception. Um, so it was definitely not easy. I actually got four jobs before uh, the job, before I got the one I am, at, I am at now. All of my jobs got canceled because of COVID. Mm. Um, one job was with the New England Journal of Medicine, and that one really hurt when they were sending my offer. But we have to move forward from that. I clearly am not over that, by the way. I'm clearly still bitter about that. COVID sucks in a lot of ways. But, um, and I thankfully got the job that I'm working at now. I'm working at a pharmaceutical company that helps patients with kidney disease. And it's not my dream by any, by any 
shot. It's definitely not what I want to do for the rest of my life. But at the same time, I'm in a place where, like going back to the beginning of our call, I'm in a big city. There's opportunity everywhere I look, and there are fantastic people for me to meet, which is really what I always wanted all along. Mm -hmm. And that whole year of me just trying to figure out my fulfillment and my passion, it really got me here. And even though it wasn't linear, and believe me, my life is still not linear to this day, um, I would not trade it for anything because I would not have the guts to do what I did a few months ago if none of that had happened. So if I could turn around and tell myself right before I moved to Sacramento or right before I moved to Santa Barbara or right before I moved back home and tell myself something, I would just say, just just do whatever you're going to do because it's all, it's all part of a bigger plan. And I would also give myself a hug because I feel like we all need more hugs than we get. Virtual um, hug from I Fresno would, right now, too. Yes, virtual hugs. I would have given myself one of those, like, little elbow, like, handshakes that we're doing now, you know, very, like, COVID-friendly. But um, I definitely would have just told myself just keep going because every every little thing that we do makes us who we are and gets us to the spot we're at. Um, and thankfully, I am in a good place right now. It was not very good for a while, but it's good now. And you are in a good place right now, too. And so we made it through mm-hmm. the dark times um, of going to that dust and hating everything. <laughs> but I think, we, I think we've done pretty well for ourselves. And, you know, I love to see you thrive. And it, it just gives me happiness on, like, another level because I know how bad it was for both of us at one point. And I'm sure you feel the same way about like seeing me on social media and stuff, like actually smiling and stuff. So no, no I for just, sure. I, I'm, I'm so proud of us, you know? I'm proud of us too, because I remember our last dinner together was a different type of dinner because I knew it was our last time hanging out, of course. But I re- we really had a really good conversation about... Um, Oh my gosh, we should talk about that night too, but we can save that for the end with the Casey Musgraves thing and the cookies. Oh my God, that's right. Okay, yes, we'll put a pin right. on that. We'll put a pin on that for yeah. sure. I just thought of that right now. We had the la- we had the cr- randomest last night in Fresno together, but that will be our kicker for the end. Um, but I yeah. remember that um, that day, um, I was getting to the point where like I was really considering taking a break from like media jobs for a second and just kind of like just finding something that just I like to kind of keep me busy at this point also obviously to pay my bills but like I was like I'm just kind of down for whatever and I remember I was getting um just like emails from places that were hiring and I remember telling you I was like Alyssa like these people are emailing me and like I just don't have the heart to do it anymore and then you were like then don't do it and I was like what the heck like that easy and it's hard because sometimes like and I was surrounding myself from with people that were in that industry that were just saying do it do it who cares you know but it's like Mm -hmm. that maybe works for you but it doesn't work for me and then having someone outside of it kind of just say no to you it's very weird because it's almost it's of course it was what I wanted to hear but I didn't expect to hear it from actual like an actual person and I remember I was like you know what I just want to get like a just like a just any job I could get for now that I like of course and then work on this thing called a podcast and it was so weird I remember and I was like I this was because y'all I was did not know if I was going to do this I thought me doing this podcast was going to be like like killing my career or something if anything like it's just open doors but 
it's just weird how that was your idea. Like, and you kind of admitted like 20 minutes prior, you admitted you're going to move to Boston out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to like stop looking for the jobs I got a degree in and um, do a podcast, you know, on my own. I had no idea at that point what I needed to do to do this. But I think it was just so great that we both said, you know what? We don't know if what we're doing in the next two weeks is going to be a good thing, but we're excited to try it. And I rather go with being excited and failing than not having that what if, you know, because you could have easily like came back because even you were saying I at that point, like, you know, I might be back in two weeks. And I was like, no, you won't. No, you won't. And then I was like, I I don't know what I'm thinking about. Like, I had days where I was like, oh, why am I doing a podcast? Like, no one's going to care. Okay. And it's just so weird how like and like you said, like we're at our places right now where we're both like we have not made it okay when we make it we're gonna be doing the same conversation at the save mart center and people are gonna buy tickets to hear us but when when we do um we have made progress and that's the thing like you said we need to applaud progress made because progress there's no such thing as um oh that was only a little bit of progress like no like progress is progress and especially nowadays like you and i like now and this morning i heard someone say if you just have a job, even if it's not your dream job right now, you are so much more lucky than a bunch of people in the country right now. And that really hit Brilliant. me because I am working a job. Is it the job that I dreamed I was having two years ago when I graduated? Heck no. But am I happy to be there every day? Am I like I at least have some sense of purpose? Yeah. And also we like I should be grateful because guess what? There are people that are just dying to have the bare minimum right now. So I think it's just crazy how that happens. And so like these little things, I think, I'm, I don't know for you, but for me, like these little triumphs are bringing me so much more joy than what I had expected. Like if I had, if you had told me I was going to be doing this same thing two years ago, I would have been like, are you kidding me? But now I feel like I've accomplished so much, you know? You have, you have, and I remember when you told me about the podcast, first of all, it was incredibly hard to tell you that I was leaving. I actually felt pretty guilty, honestly, that I was leaving you, because one, I love you, and you were, and you were, and you still are a source of just constant support for me, and I felt kind of like I was betraying you almost, leaving Fresno, and I remember it being really hard for me to tell you. I remember we ordered Tito's with, like, lime, and I was like, I got to drink this before I tell him. So we had (laughs) our Tito's, and then I'm like, Raz, I got to tell you something. And I told him everything, and I I do remember saying, I'll be back in two weeks, maybe. Like, you know, we'll see, because I wanted that safety net, you know, the Uh safety net that I probably needed when I moved to Sacramento. But I just remember that being so hard, and then just telling you and feeling kind of bad about it. But then I remember, I also remember telling you, you know, if you really don't want to do this anymore, you don't want to keep putting yourself out there and just getting shot down, then, like, why are you still doing it? Like, I'm sure anyone on this podcast listening just knows how absolutely soul-sucking and draining applying for jobs are. And especially getting the rejection letter multiple times. It's like, you get to that point where, like, what? And I'm sure you've had it. Did you ever have times where, like, you apply, but you already know, like, oh, I'm not going to get it, but I'm still applying? Like, I got that a lot. Totally. It's so totally. criminal that it happens, but it, it happens, and it's not a new thing. And it happens to a lot of us. No. Just a lot of people don't embrace it and talk about it out loud like we do so exactly. that you can feel better about yourself. So you're welcome, everyone exactly. listening. 
You're welcome. But I also like remember kind of looking you in the eye and saying, then why are you doing this? Like, if you really don't want this job, and I understand that right now we're talking about something really sensitive, but at the time it was like, if you're not going to want to put everything on the line, you don't want to move, you don't want to relocate, you don't want to do this and that, why do it? And I do like remember you looking at me and being like, yeah, why am I doing this? And I think it's almost like we don't give ourselves permission to do what we want unless someone else validates them. And mm-hmm. I think that goes in a lot of different areas of our life, especially online and with social media. But um, I just remember feeling like you needed to hear that because, you know, I needed to hear that when I was applying to all those crazy jobs. And I needed to hear just try something that you're really scared of. And I know that there's this saying that, like, if your dreams aren't, or, I, like, I think it's a saying, I'm going to mess this up, but I think it's a saying that, like, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Mm. And no, Boston was not my dream when I graduated, but honestly, the more I thought about it, the scarier it became. And that's how I knew I was on the right track because your dreams should scare you. Stuff that you're going to grow into and you need to grow to become better at should scare you for a reason. I'm sure this podcast scared you. I remember you saying you didn't want to say something and, like, have everybody you know, derail your career and all that good stuff. And, but you needed to do it. And now you're fantastic and doing a great job. And I love to see you thrive and I'm listening and I just, I love it so much. But I think we really needed to hear the things that we told each other that night, if that makes any sense. And we had a really lovely night, but I do remember like hugging you and like hugging you extra tight. Cause I knew, I just knew it was going to be the last time I saw you face to face for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I would predict COVID, though, but I oh, just had a feeling. Oh, no. Was it, yeah, it was two weeks before the 28th or so. Well, I don't know how early, but mid-February. Dude, mid-February, I, if you told us what was going to happen, like three, because what was it? Like two weeks after you landed in Boston, the world ends. Two weeks. It's two insane. Weeks. It was so funny. Thankfully, I had two weeks of going out and enjoying Boston like Boston is supposed to be. And it, and listeners, if you were ever in Beantown, hit me up because this place is awesome. And I will give you the fantastic tour. But um, it's a wonderful place. But literally two weeks after everything shut down, um, I lost a bunch of jobs that I had gotten. Um, I lost jobs in, in, in succession. And... I would get one, get an offer, sign the paperwork, literally the next day, get a call. Um, it's not going to happen anymore, which is why, you know, I'm very grateful for this job I'm doing now, even though, like you said, this is not my dream. This is not my passion. It's not feeding my soul, but it is feeding my belly. Mm-hmm. And I have to realize that I am such a lucky ducky for it. And, like, I was very close to, actually, I haven't really told anybody this, but I was actually really close to packing my bags again and coming back home again, like I did with Sacramento. But I just was kind of like, you know, I tried to channel a lot of my heroes and RBG being one of them. And I tried to say, no, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to stick it out. Yeah, my money is dwindling. And yeah, I don't know a lot of people here. And yeah, I don't have a job yet. But you know what? I'm going to stick it out, and I'm going to fight it out. And that's what I did, and I eventually got another job, the job I'm working now. I eventually moved into my new apartment, um, settled, made some friends, uh, actually started enjoying life again. And it's almost like I came out of this dark fog that was around me for several months, and I feel like I can actually hold my head up a little high right now and say, 
yeah, I did that. I pulled it off. And I'm not a very braggy person. I was raised to be really humble, but I'm actually trying to embrace the fact that I moved and completely restarted my life in a pandemic, which is not easy by any means. And I'm sure a lot of people have done it, but I'm actually trying to like own it and be like, hell yeah, I did that in a pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's taken some time and you've always been so amazingly supportive of my journey here. And I do miss you so much and I will definitely see you when I come home this Christmas. But I just going back to our mistakes and our kind of wrong turns, I wouldn't change a single thing because you are where you are now because of those jobs you stopped applying to. Mm -hmm. I am where I am now because of those risks I took. And we just can never play that what if game because what ifs don't exist because all the things that you have done you're in front of right now, you know, and I'm just really happy for the both of us. I feel like we have kind of both triumphed in our own separate ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, it's almost like a full circle thing. And now I'm on your podcast. I know it's crazy. You know, what's funny is that that night and we'll we'll talk about it right now, basically the funny story of, because after uh, we, you, when we said our goodbyes, for the last time and I was driving uh, that experience we had at the last stop. I was like, that is so funny. That's like straight out of a sitcom. If I ever do this podcast thing that I'm thinking about, I definitely have to have Alyssa on for the story time because it was just so funny and such a us moment that happened. Just all the random things. But um, yeah, like before we talk about that, I just want to thank you, you know, for coming on because it really does just show that, you know, life is so unpredictable. But like the thing I get amazed by is that you end up like as time goes on, you end up finding the triumphs and the happiness and things that maybe a year ago were just minuscule or non-existent for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were seeds and now they're full-blown flowers, which I love. Mm-hmm. And we forget that life is really cruel and it's really hard and it can be really, really tough, just like what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. But life can also be beautiful and amazing and really giving and just fruitful if you if you pursue it enough and you allow it and you just like you, if you just put it all on the line, it might not work out. But honestly, it might it might work out. And so I always tell people. Yeah, you might take one risk and it might fail, but risks rarely fail two times in a row. I firmly Mm -hmm. believe that. So if you're out there and you took a risk and it totally failed, first of all, I'm sorry. But secondly, I would do it all again and say, you know what, try again, put it all on the line again, because lightning does not strike the same place twice. And I think that big risks, don't blow up two times in a row. So I would just urge people to keep going, keep fighting like our beautiful RBG always did and just keep pushing for those risks and it will pay off one day, whether that day is tomorrow or next week or in five minutes, I guarantee you it will pay off. But why don't we talk about that last night with (laughs) Casey Musgrave lookalike and the cookie guy? (laughs) Well, yeah. So we end up going to dinner and we had our little epiphany and then we're like, okay, well, 
there was a there was a new uh, lounge bar area that I'm gonna try to keep this discreet. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, were we gonna get canceled because of this? I don't know. But um, we went somewhere that just had opened in the city, and I had went once before, and um, I knew that uh, you wanted to go, so I was like, let's just go there. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving there. I was like, gosh, like. There were certain people I just didn't want to run into at that time. And I knew oh, they fre- God, yes. frequented that place a lot. So I was like, I, I was, I would, I told Alyssa, I was like, I would just die if they're there. Well, we get there. And first of all, like, um, it is max capacity. There was no way, like, the if the fire marshal was there, he would have shut down this place because it was, yeah. you couldn't breathe. It was so crowded. Not COVID not friendly. COVID friendly. If, and you know what? We were there like, two, three weeks, like with some, someone definitely had it there was coughing somewhere, but we get there 100%. and there's no seating and there's not even like a comfortable, you know, like if it's no seating, that's okay. We'll have a comfortable place to stand. There's no comfortable place to stand. So the first yep. thing I just want to do is pee because I was just over everything. So, <laughs> um, well, while we're on our way to go pee, um, I run into the two people that I didn't expect to see there. I don't hate them, but like, you know, y'all know those people. And I was, and I was like, Alyssa, I'm dead. They're here. So we're just still walking. And I I think what was that? I put my shoulders on your, my hand on your shoulders. And we did like a conga line to the bathroom. Here's the thing. I believe it was happy hour, but then also the back room was rented out for a party. And I'm sure they did not tell these people like the max capacity. So this birthday party was like bleeding out into the front of the air, uh, the the lounge mm-hmm. and so i was like uh uh-uh, uh like this is just too much so i was like mm-hmm. let me go pee so we go to the bathroom and i remember we were in line and um you were in front of me um i don't think you had to go because what ended up happening was this girl walks out of the bathroom and they're like um um they she was walking out so i was going to go in and um, you were like, oh, my God, that girl looks like Casey Musgraves. And I was like, I, and I was like, gorgeous, okay, okay. Gorgeous woman. And li- dressed like her, too, and everything. Like, had the full getup. And I was like, like oh, my gosh. Like her Coachella orange outfit. Like, listeners, look it up. She was wearing something like that, and she looked amazing. And I'm like, how are you in this bar in Fresno, California right now? Like, what is going on? So I go to the bathroom, and all I can hear is Alyssa, because Alyssa's voice is very distinct. And I, I just yeah. remember. I close the door and the first thing I hear is hi sorry to bother you but you look just like Casey Musgraves <laughs> like full disclosure this wasn't the real Casey Musgraves but for the lack of a you know a lack of another name we're gonna call her Casey um Casey yes. obviously um was frequented um the watering hole there so she had a good yeah. amount of um liquids in her system if you know what I mean <laughs> And she, like, I just, from the sound of her voice, I don't know what she did to you, but I, I'm assuming she, like, hugged you and was, like, about to cry. She did. She was like, oh, my God, thank you. And she, like, you know, and, and she, okay, Casey Musgraves is very tall. This woman was also very tall. And she was just, like, long, black, flowing hair, this beautiful orange getup. Like, I felt like I was being just enveloped by, like, Dolly Parton and Bobby Gentry. Also, if no one knows who Bobby Gentry is, go look her up. She's a queen. But I was just like being enveloped by this country music, just superstar. And I was just like, oh, this is so nice. And she gave me a big hug. But then I turned around and Raz looked at me and he was like, what? What is going on? I was already overwhelmed because like for me, like crowds, I have like social anxiety when it comes to crowds. So like the crowd was not working. And then I remember yeah. we just, we were just like bopping around. And then, um, 
we when we walked out of the bathroom, the private party had a enormous platter. I'm not platter, a table of food, a charcuterie board the size of Montana, and then another mm-hmm. table with these really cute cookies that are were little martini glasses. And I don't even know. It said somebody's 50th. Um, shout out to that yeah. person's 50th birthday. And I was like, Alyssa, I'm <laughs> dying for a cookie. Like I was already like done. We, you know, we went through an emotional therapy session at dinner. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm trying to relax, but I was like, we you know what? That cookie dessert, looks good. So yeah. I don't know what ends dinner. up. Ha- we didn't have dessert. We wanted some dessert, and we couldn't get a drink because the bar was so packed. Like, we were, we needed a little treat. Yeah, so we ended up like finding. Oh, I ran into uh, an old coworker, and um, uh-huh. I was like, I went up to her, and she was on one of the little cocktail tables in the corner, and I was like, Hi. Uh, I haven't worked with you in like three years, but um, no rush. But if you end up leaving this place at any time tonight, text me. I will take your table. And she's like, oh, no, don't worry. I'm literally about to leave. I was like, yes, it pays to know people. So we ended up sitting at the best table because our our table was the only table overlooking everyone else. So we were just people watching the whole night. And me and Alyssa love people watching. It's like a... A yeah. sport for us so we're sitting there and i was like Alyssa, i was like let's i was like i i didn't want to do it <laughs> but i was like mm-hmm. you should go get us some cookies so Alyssa goes and you meet a friend at the cookie table that um remember oh the other God. girl that was leaving and she was like i want one and you were you you were like i want one too so Alyssa brings the first batch of cookies. You t- brought like two or three. These cookies were so good. I don't know if we were just starving or what, but these cookies yeah. were so good. And uh, let me tell you all, this was so packed. No one could have noticed that Alyssa snagged exactly. a couple of cookies. I do want to mention too, there was probably, I'm not even kidding, 200 packs of like individually wrapped cookies on the table and nobody at the party was touching them. These so, people like, were I'm not saying bougie. we were stealing a child's cookie out of, it, out of their hands. There was like plenty and people were taking them like at the bars if that makes sense so like i don't want to be charged with theft (laughs) i was not stealing everyone was doing it and raz and i were the only ones in that place without a drink so i took it upon myself to get some sugar and it was awesome so i'm just gonna say that much and then um, we ended up getting closer to the bar and we ended up getting a seat at the bar. We're just chatting it up with the people. And I was like, Alyssa, you know, when you eat something and it's on your taste buds, and you're like, I got to have another one. <laughs> and so, oh, my God, there's another part of the story. I'm going to I'll say it later, though. But um, so Alyssa's like going to take if you don't know Alyssa, Alyssa's like if we're going to be in like a group challenge and the, like we say someone has to walk across those hot coals, it's Alyssa because it's Alyssa me. will it's take me. the 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 take the break for everyone. So she goes back. Yeah. And this one was not as successful and I'm going to let you take it away. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So keep in mind everyone, this is like the bar is crowded. It's loud. There is probably I want to say probably like 120 people in this really small bar. And I'm sure max capacity was like 60 for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm just trying to get these cookies because it's my last, pretty much my last night with my best friend Raz. And I'm like, hell or high water, I'm getting him a freaking cookie. And so I like walk over and I'm just, I like to think that I'm pretty discreet as a person. You know, I was raised by a father who really the importance on being discreet and so I I just kind of like you know take a little cookie pack again there's probably 175 left at this point like there are 
Plenty to spare. And no one was eating them at the right. party. Everyone was so hammered at that party. No one knew there so, was even food. So it was a 50th birthday party. A lot of like older, like classy people, but they were, I gotta tell y'all, they were hammered. Like mm-hmm. they were stumbling. They were like yelling. Like these people were having a great night. Uh, and then us, the 23 year olds, were like, get it together. How dare you in yes. public? <laughs> like I was pretty much sober. And I'm like, wow, I feel embarrassed because you're beating me on your liquor chart. Whatever. So, like, I'm discreetly getting a cookie. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I feel this, like, hand, like, on my waist. And to all the girls out there, you know exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. When someone just puts, like, their hand on your waist and, like, the small of your back. And so I immediately, like, step up and, like, turn and, like, look. And it's this man. And he's, like, an older man. He's, you know, probably in his like late 40s early 50s and he doesn't look menacing but he's like touching me and he's right next to me and he looks at me and then he like whispers in my ear he's also completely drunk I smell like I smell whiskey or something some liquor on his bread and he goes what is my wife's name and 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 I'm like what I'm sorry like what like girls you know this game that we play with the boys who touch us in bars I was like I'm sorry do you think I can't hear you and he was like what is my wife's name? Those are her cookies. And I go, oh, shit. So the husband of the wife whose party was being thrown saw me try to take a bag of cookies. Again, one of the 175 bags that were left. So I wasn't taking the last one. Anyway, um, he saw me take the bag of cookies got up real close and was like, what is my wife's name? Because he knew I wasn't a part of the party. And I knew he knew I wasn't a part of the party. However, I'm not going to go down that easy. I'm a fighter. So I go, Elizabeth, because there was a giant E on the cookie. And he goes, try again. I'm like, Eliza. And he's like, you don't know my wife. You know what? I am on a sneaky ship. I just keep going. I'm like, oh, it's Eliza. And he was like, it's not Eliza. And he kind of like looks at me and I can tell he is debating whether or not, like, to either tattle on me to the bar service or to, like, literally, like, pull me in closer. Like, it's that weird vibe. And then he, like, pats, like, my shoulder. And he's like, it's okay. Here, have it. And so he, like, gives me the cookie bag. And I'm like, okay, thanks, bye. And he's like, walk back to her house. I passed Casey Musgraves at the bar, talking to a man. I'm like, hey, girl. And then, like, I just get back to our little like, tiny corner table that is so cramped and far. And I'm like, well, I just basically got just kind of low-key harassed for these cookies, but it was worth it. And it was really ridiculous, but also hilarious. And then those people left shortly after, and they left a ton of stuff that was, like, probably really expensive, and they didn't touch a single thing. It was it, it was a waste. I was like, y'all need to learn how to party better. Mm-mm, they needed to plan better. Yeah. Remember at one point we were sitting across from Casey Musgraves and she like gives us this yeah. look because she was with a guy and she was like, she gave us the look like, I'm so over this guy. And we we're like, you go girl, yeah. leave. You don't need him right now. She was like our best friend the whole night. Remember when there was this one, I have this video on my phone because it's so funny. Remember that guy that sat behind us that looked like Brock from Reba? Yes! Oh my god, yes! He looked just like Brock from Reba. And then so the video is just like, Brock from Reba is right behind us. And I like turn around and I zoom and he looks right at me filming him. Yes! I remember that! And you were like, ah! So funny. 
It was. Like, Casey Musgrave was so over the Flynn Pickens at that bar, and I was like, girl, you look like Casey Musgrave at Coachella. You deserve so much more right now. So, but that was our fun, wild night. And honestly, like, if you listeners don't hang out with us for one day, you would be like, yep, that tracks. So, like, stuff like that happens to us all the time. But it was amazing. It was hilarious. Those cookies were delicious. The second pack tasted even better than the first. And I would totally go do it again. Uh, if I had to, for you, Raz. Thank I love you. you. We'll get we'll get our own snacks next time, and we'll bring them. Yeah, we're gonna throw our own party and have a lot more fun than those people did. So, just but we'll definitely invite like, Casey and Brock too. Yes, and we will invite them. But they left at like eight forty-five. They must have been there. Casey the had to have been the there since noon. The way she was acting, so I don't blame her for leaving oh my early. God. <laughs> I know it was that was a great time but um I'm not so sure if that place is open right now but I hope it's doing well but um those are good good memories and when I come back home uh, in December and I'm clear to meet people and you know socialize safely I would love to go back there and relive those memories and hopefully see Casey again maybe she's a, a regular there I hope she is, so we can have her on the pod and just she. It, oh and it God, wasn't like yes. she slightly looked like her. Like if we hired paparazzi to like surround her, people would be like, "Oh my God, it's mm-hmm. Casey!" Like just like the psychological effect of everything, people would go up to take pictures with her. No, yes, like I, I don't. Okay, I hold Casey Musgraves in extremely high regard. I love all her music. I am obsessed with her. I listen to Rainbow probably every other day. Like I love her. Uh, everything her, her, all, all of Casey I love so I do not say you look like Casey Musgraves lightly this chick looks like Casey Musgraves you know what I bet it looks Casey Musgraves and she's like I'm just gonna play these two fools and she's like oh thanks guys she could have she could have been on a break maybe that's why there were so many she people could've. it was all her bodyguards we didn't know and she we probably was know. in between stops because you know on her way to Coachella that was getting cancelled anyways so yeah and Fresno is a hotbed for country, and Casey is the new voice of country. So I don't know, man. I I believe in this conspiracy. I believe it too. Oh, and Brock too, because not not a lot of people recognized him. Maybe he's doing a new uh, entertainment agency. So maybe he was our agent or something. We don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but that was a great night. That was a great night. And I think it was a very us night. That was very on brand for us for all of that to happen. And it just so happened to be the last time. And you know what? When you come back for Christmas, we're going to figure something out. And then hopefully we'll give another story to everyone because. Exactly. And you know what? That just shows that everything is meant to be. That was our last night. And it was absolutely perfectly on point for us. And that just goes to show it's all meant to be and it's all connected. Heck yeah. Well, thank you. Happy Friday. I know it was a rough, we started it. it. You know, it's going to be a sad one for the RBG fans, especially yourself. Take some self-care time. Enjoy your weekend. We did this this on a Friday, which I'm glad because now we we are just getting the podcast done and we still have the whole Friday night and Saturday and Sunday because we're working people again. Something we weren't a while back. So, yeah. Take the weekend. Mm-hmm. This was amazing. I had a great time. I was really excited. So I apologize, everyone, if I talk too fast. But oh. I love what you're doing. You know, your listeners love you. Everything you do is amazing. We're all behind you. And I am I just got to say, I'm so proud of you. And I told you at our dinner, a starving artist over Tito's. I, re- I, I remember this. 
I was like, okay, mister, when your podcast is huge and you're getting sponsored by the New York Times, don't forget your friends in Boston and look what, what you're doing now. And that's only been like nine or so months. Think mm-hmm. about in nine or so months now how amazing and uh, awesome you're going to be because you're already amazing and awesome, but you continue to grow and blow my mind. So I'm very proud of you. You're doing great. Thank you so much. And I'm proud of you. I'm excited. Jenner. Chris Jenner would say, you're doing great, sweetie. We love it. We stand, we stand Chris Jenner for sure. Uh, now, well, she's filing for unemployment now. So she's getting a taste of our own medicine from a couple of months ago. <laughs> See, everyone, she's just like the rest of us. I love it. Well, where can people find you and see your fun Boston adventures on Instagram? Oh, hilarious. You can find, y'all can find me on Insta. I gotta warn you, I'm probably the only person on earth not trying to be internet famous. However, if you want to see pictures of my roommate's cat and pictures of Boston and food and just general tomfoolery, you can definitely find me on my Instagram. However, you can do whatever you want and I'm going to be happy for you. But yeah, find me on my Instagram. I do have an, an anonymous Twitter that I will never disclose the name because I love being anonymous on Twitter because it's very fun. So I, I hope your anonymous, anonymous Twitter. I hope your anonymous Twitter blows up, but you're still anonymous because just the content <laughs> that it brings. I'm one of <laughs> your only. Per, I'm the only person that has direct contact to this anonymous Twitter. I'm very honored. This is true. This is true. <laughs> the memes. The memes are amazing. The memes, y'all. I I try really hard with the memes. I I love memes. Memes are cultural to me, so I love it. But yes, Raz is I think one of the only real friends I have who is one aware of my anonymous Twitter and two is privy to see what I post and retweet because again it's anonymous for a reason. So Raz, you are extremely privileged, and (laughs) I hope you enjoy all of my retweets and memes on Twitter. I really do enjoy it. So. Yeah, but y'all can follow me on Instagram for cat pictures and Boston pictures and just general pictures. Like today, I took a picture of my corgi socks. So that is definitely something if you want to see, go ahead and give me a follow. And yep, you're in for a treat, I guess. Yeah, I'll link it down below for the peeps. Speaking of corgi, remember oh. your Shiba that I got to meet at your oh, grad party? Uh, Haru! Haru, the Shiba Inu from Hong Kong! Ugh, I so, miss that. Is it a boy or a girl? Yeah. Go ahead, Raz. Sorry, uh, I keep interrupting. No, you're so good. Better. I was going to say, is he a boy? Is it a boy or a girl? I was going to say, I miss her or I miss him. It is a boy. Uh, yeah. Long story short, listeners, my mom's, co- my mom's boss, who they're actually very good friends, which is awesome, um, adopted a Shiba Inu from Hong Kong. And if you are aware of the Doge meme, that is a Shiba Inu. His name is Haru. He is tiny, he is fluffy, he is irresistible, and I miss him so much. And she brought him, because she knows I love him so much, she brought him to my grad party, and Raz met him, and it was amazing. It was the <laughs> best dog experience I've ever had. I felt like I, I was can, meeting like, a celebrity. And yeah, you were, and I, I can still hear everyone go, oh my god, when Harvey walked in, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, thank you yep, so much. So many memories. And we've got more, you know, as time goes on. We'll see what happens in a year. Because uh, let me tell you, this year is something else. And if anything, it's going to yep. make us stronger and better and more opportunities. But thank you uh, for coming. Thank you. Come along. Join us anytime. Um, share I love some, it. 
and we have we have plenty of stories. We just we want this is barely the the top layer of the iceberg. Yeah. There's lots of stuff we oh, can talk yeah. about. Do you remember Margaret? Do you remember that the, that day at uh, Dog Days? Marguerite, Margaret. Do you remember that student that was created? Margaret. Margaret. I remember. Ma- oh no, Margaret. no, no! It was Marjorie, not Margaret. Marjorie, that's what it was. Marjorie. See, listeners, we have we have a plethora of stories to tell you if you want to listen. But of course. We are probably at time right now, but Raz, thank you so much for having me. I honestly had a fantastic time, and it was really lovely to talk to you again, and I'm just so proud of you, and please invite me back. I would love to keep talking to you over over the phone on your podcast, so I'd love to come back at any time, of course, if you have me, but thank you so much. You're doing great. Everybody loves your pod, myself included, but thanks, listeners, for listening to my weird voice for this long, but um, I appreciate you, and thank you so much, Raz. Thank you, and everyone, thank you for listening. Go ahead and follow Alyssa down there in the description. Follow us on the pod at Raz Podcast, R-A-Z-Z-E-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Follow me as well, uh, so that when Alyssa comes, I can document it, and you can see the Casey Musgraves drama at Raz Kanyas, R-A-Z underscore C-A-N-A-S. And we are on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Pod... I always say Apple Music, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast. But you all know where to find me. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, listeners, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Let's go. Let's go.